man. Give me a break. Wide open. The hell are you doing? Another busy week here on the Section YY8 podcast. A lot to get to, but first, Gavin's back. Gavin back, was out last week. Now he's back. Welcome back to the show, Gavin. Thanks for having me again. I didn't know if I was going to get invited back. Uh, no, you're a permanent guest host, co-host, whatever you want to call it, of the show. Day Day Voth uh, was on last week. And I think I'm going to have to fire Day Day Vol because we had our lowest ratings ever. Wow. And so. I did notice my back was hurting a little last week. Yeah. I didn't know what that was from, but I'm glad to see we did find where it was coming from. Yeah. Um, I haven't told Day Day. I don't know if he even listens to this show, even when he's not on it. But. Um, Sad. He's fired. Ooh. I haven't told him yet, though. So, if anybody's listening to this podcast this week that knows Day Day Vol, you might want to tell him that he's fired. But we may have him back on. And we'll limited... rub it in his face. We'll have him back on at some point in a limited capacity, and uh, we will uh, make fun of him profusely and fire him over the air. Yes. Yes. Love Vin- Vince McMahon style. I can't wait. That's how, uh, that's more, it's more exciting, more exciting than some Tennessee basketball games as of late. Well, we'll we'll definitely talk about that because even though they may not be exciting, they're intriguing, and the Vols are winning again. So we'll, we'll definitely talk about them shortly. And then we've got other UT sports, tennis, Lady Vols, football, Titans, and at the end of the show, it's a week. It's a new weekly segment on the show because he gives us gaffes to play every week. Joe Biden gaffes and just ridiculous things he says. So we'll have more of that at the end of the show. So if you tune in just for that, you got to listen to the whole thing, or I guess you could fast forward to the end and listen to the gaff um, or multiple gaffes. But there, uh, there's some. Uh, doozies this week there's doozies every week and i'm really surprised we just haven't had a full episode of just that's just the whole episode that may be a bonus episode at some point is just let's rip on biden and harris and the weak corrupt democrats and just have a whole show of biden 
goof gaffs, Kamala, Kamala, my God, I can't even talk. Kamala gaffs and that hyena laugh she has. Incredible. Mm-hmm. It would be an incredible show. Uh, might be one of our longest shows if we did have to do that. And I think we should do it uh, every six months. Just to have one. I mean, it's going to be like a four-hour show. And it's just playing those clips over and over and over. I mean, this is great. It would definitely be uh, – how many uh, bathroom breaks would we have to take during the show? I mean, I already take 15, so – Gavin does – We only do it. <laughs> Gavin does like if you notice sometimes on the show I'll I'll ramble and talk it's because Gavin's gone to the bathroom there's long stretches of the podcast that usually result in niece uh ranting about something it's kind of like Tennessee's offense when we go scoreless for five six minutes uh that's me on a bathroom break is all that is and it happens about five times a show so if you pay attention enough you can find out uh, my regularly scheduled break time. Or when your computer freezes. Uh, not very technology <laughs> person. So uh, uh, when things start to go bad, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be there. We, we fight through it. Hey, before we get going, Tennessee and Florida last night, your boy was on the TV coming back from one of the uh, – Commercial breaks, Coach uh-huh. Philip Fulmer, right, right on yeah. the TV with Heath Heath Schuler in mm-hmm. attendance. Yeah, I, got a lot of uh, it drew a lot of ire on Twitter from some people. Uh, one tweet, which may have been Day Day Vol, said, "I wish Fulmer would go kick rocks." And same, I've been saying it for months. You have. It's been on the show for months and months um there he was i don't know why he continues to trot around there like he he's such an idiot so oblivious they were uh they were talking about him and they were talking about ham and goodies lemon cookies on the on the telecast last night well that makes sense they both go together yeah but my god if if i have to watch pat adams uh officiate another game I mean, he should just sit over there and not even be on the court. He should just sit over there with the replay headphones on and watch the game. Those guys were so bad last night. They, oh my God. Uh, for both sides, I mean, they missed stuff. I, it was bad. It was so bad. And that, the one that takes the cake is the pump fake three by a Florida player. I don't remember who it was got Josiah Jordan James off of his feet and he lands on top of the guy and there's no whistle of any kind. And Mike, why I, I was texting some people during the game. I was like, if he doesn't get a technical foul, I'm going to be disappointed. And he never did. I mean, I think they knew maybe they were wrong and they just let him go, but God, it was so bad on both sides. Like what are these guys watching when they're out there? I not the game. I don't know what they're doing. Um, I mean, it makes not to not to throw shade at Junior Pro, but my God, we need to slide. They need to slide up and do some college games. 
It was it was rough at different points last night, but that's Pat Adams. Rough. What do you expect? I mean, that's that's the way his games are going to be when he's out there. Just they kept Jimmy Dykes kept saying he's one of the this is one of the best crews we got. I don't know if he was just sucking up to him because he was on TV, but he even said it's like that. How can you miss that call? There is no explanation you can have for the missed call. And if y'all don't know what we're talking about, go back. Watched the game last night at some point. It was later on in the second half. It was like 10-minute, 8-minute mark. And a Florida player pump fakes for a three, gets Triple J off of his feet, and he just lands on him. No whistle. Since he goes down to the other end, I think we scored that possession. So, or, yeah, we got a, we got a, a three-point play. So, it was basically a six-point swing in that game, and we'll talk about the Florida game here in a few moments, but yeah, just horrendous officiating last night. Atrocious might be another good word. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Dykes calling the game too. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not the biggest Jimmy you don't Dykes like, fan. I, I don't mind Jimmy Dykes. He's all right. I um, think he's about as good as his stint at Arkansas. Oof, that was bad. Not a good run. Not I think that last year run. they won two games. Is that two league games? Is that right? Something like that. I, I feel like know. he has two good uh, calls a year. So, so um, speaking of Tennessee basketball, which is what we were just talking about, um, last week's show, joined by Day Day Vol, we talked about the uh, Kentucky game from a couple Saturdays ago. Just awful performance, probably Tennessee's worst of the year. Mm-hmm. Not in all aspects. I mean, I thought they played pretty well offensively, except for the turnovers. Um, but I thought, you know, overall, it was the worst game of the year. And Tennessee bounced back. It was a rock fight in Memorial Gym, but they won that game. And then they came back to Thompson Bowling this past Saturday, or Thompson Boiling Arena, as my cousin calls Big Montana Boiling. Uh, big win over LSU. Uh, we said it was a big game going into it. LSU was three and three in the conference. Tennessee was three and three. Tennessee wins by 14, jumps out on LSU early in the game, never really looked back. It got down to like six, seven points at different points in the second half, but Tennessee always had an answer uh, for the Bayou Bengals and their crybaby coach, Will Wade. My God, that guy. What a – just douche crybaby that guy is. I mean, the worst. I mean, I, I kind of respect it. Um, every, every league needs a really, really bad guy, but he is a really bad guy. Um, I, I like the villain aspect, but he's not even a likable villain in my eyes. And I'm a psychopath, and I love villains. So, uh, he's he's the worst. Uh, he looks so weird over there. I, I don't know. I can't stand. I I don't like. I can't stand looking at his face. I mean, he's just. A, he's a prick. I don't. I don't like him. I think he's probably a good basketball coach because his teams win every year. But he's he's a known cheater. He's been caught I, and nothing's been done about it. Yeah, I can't stand his offense. I, I mean, I can hardly. God, they're brutal. I thought we were bad, but man, hey. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they picked up a nice win earlier this week against Texas A&M on uh, Wednesday night, so good for them, I guess. But um, they could not throw it in the ocean the first part of the 
Tennessee game this past Saturday, and LSU ends up, I'm looking at it here, from three-point range, they were 4 of 19, 21%, and they were 21 of 54, 38% from the field. Um, They had three guys in double figures, but no one else did anything. Um, Terry Eason. They had a guy shoot like two for ten. Yeah, uh, Darius Days. He was two for ten with five points. Brandon Murray kind of kept him in the game with 15. Eric Gaines with 10. And then Eason with 16. But other than that, they only had nine other points from the rest of those – from the rest of the team. And um, – Is Eason the one that fouled out? Um, I thought he – was he – Yes, he one? was. He had five. They fouled a bunch. They're yeah. They had really... 21 total team fouls. Tennessee had 17, so we weren't far behind them. But um, I thought uh, Santiago, as we call him in mascot, Vescovi, 16 points. That guy's playing really good basketball right now for Tennessee. Euros Plavic, 12 points. Kennedy Chandler, who's, um, you know, I've been a little hard on that guy, and his free throw shooting still sucks. But I feel like his game is – is He's kind of come back a little bit to what he was doing early in the season, which is – uh, cutting down the lane, driving to the basket. That's where he's really tough. And I thought he did a really good job of that against uh, Florida earlier this week and then LSU over the past weekend. But he had nine points. And then Fulkerson, John Fulkerson, eight points. Where'd that come from? But he only played 14 minutes. So um, good night for him in limited minutes. I I hate to say this, but this team's better when he doesn't play a lot of minutes, unfortunately. He, he's going to have his role and have his moments, and this team still needs him. But I, I don't think he's a 25-plus minute guy anymore. Just the way he's playing, something's not right after he got COVID, the China virus. He's not the same player that he was. And until he can figure it out, four, 10, 15, 20 minutes max out of him is probably what you're going to see, and he's fine with it. 20. Yeah, he's embracing the role. Yeah, and that's what good leaders do, and, and uh, you know, he wants what's best for the program. But that was a nice win for uh, Tennessee. Do you have any thoughts, other thoughts, besides what we've already talked about? Um, really nice win. Uh, good, um, good to get some revenge on them since they beat us earlier in the season. Um, we're just still a tough watch on offense. Um we play pretty good defense, and I guess if that's what you like, then you'd enjoy us, but it's rough. I, I like offense. Um, but when Vescovi is our leading scorer and Chandler's uh, leading assist guy, we usually come out with a win, although we didn't against Kentucky. Um, but it's usually a good combo. Uh, Triple J, um, he didn't – he didn't look amazing, but uh, I was impressed with the shots that he was taking. Uh, he only had nine points, but um, he's getting on the boards more. Um, I, I, I like that more. Um, I don't know why, but we're not a good free throw shooting team. And uh, it's weird because I feel like we Barnes's teams usually are. I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. If it's a mental thing, I don't know what – I don't know. I don't know what's going on. 
You know, he they talked to him about Kennedy Chandler, who's just been awful at the free throw line uh, in SEC play, but the Vols were 10 of 18 against LSU. But it, he, like with Chandler, they went back and watched the tape, and he's like falling. And you, you can see it if you think about it. He's falling backwards, just kind of flipping it up there. And basketball's shooting free throws in basketball is kind of like putting it's routine, it's mental. And it's a lot of that because you're there. It was like they were talking about last night, and it was either the Tennessee game or another game I was watching. You know, you're running up and down the court at breakneck speed a lot of times, and then the game just stops, and you're standing there shooting when you're most of the time used to jumping and shooting, running and shooting, whatever. It's it's very mental, and I just don't think he was taking it serious. I don't think he was – his mechanics were off. It's a mental thing, and um, he looked better against Florida, that's for sure. I was trying to pull up the Florida box score, and because Tennessee was 10 of 18 against LSU, and then last night they were – 17 of 18. Yeah, that's fantastic. They were really, what, 25 of 29 at Vanderbilt last week. So, that was huge. Um, So, the last three games have been better. LSU – just a little over 50%, but um, 50% is not great. No, uh, for the season, I think we 68 69%. Nice, um, nice. but I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm putting too much on Chandler, but he's no, he should be better. He was six of six in the should, free throw line last night. He should be better good. than that. I mean, and, it's exactly what he should. I mean, what was he in? He only shot one against LSU, didn't he? Yeah, he was uh, over one, but man, it's just—I feel like he's missing a lot, and I, I don't know. Well, he is. He was—he's, uh, you know, coming into the game, he's sixty percent from the free throw line in conference play. That's or sorry, awful. sorry, forty-eight percent, sixty percent on the season. And That's awful. here, here against Kentucky, one of four. That's awful for for a guard for your <laughs> your supposed uh, lottery pick. South Carolina, he was three of eight. I, I just don't feel like that. That's that's uh, acceptable for a first round draft pick. I I, I don't know, not. Maybe uh, especially a point guard. I mean, it would be one thing if it was Shaq, but against, my God, against LSU at Baton Rouge a couple weeks ago, six out of ten, sixty percent, awful. Um, I mean, for a lottery, but those guys go up there and make that with their eyes closed. Um, let's see, LSU or sorry, Ole Miss. He did not shoot a free throw. Of course, he didn't play against Alabama, so that's an SEC play. But let's go back and look at the Arizona game. What did he shoot from the line against the Wildcats? He was four six, so not bad there. Tennessee was eighteen to twenty seven that game, but yeah, Tennessee's that's going to bite them at some point. I hope not. Maybe they've turned it around. The, I mean, the LSU game last weekend was not great. 10 of 18 is not acceptable, really, but it's better than some of the other shooting performances they've had. But nice bounce back, 17 to 18 against uh, Florida on Wednesday night. But that was, a not, that was a big win for Tennessee against LSU because those two teams – had already played. LSU had the upper hand on them. They were tied in the standings with the same record. So that was a, a good split there for Tennessee. 
that's you know other teams they play this year that they've already lost to. Um, I think they got Kentucky again, so they can split that one. Um, don't think we have Alabama again. So you know that's one you may not get back, but you know nice bounce back win for Tennessee. Um, they came out played well, and I thought it was a, a nice win for them. Huge crowd on hand, twenty one thousand. Um, there may have been a little less than capacity from my sources in the arena, but uh, I was not there. But uh, yeah, nice, uh, nice bounce back win for Tennessee. Yeah, um, <clears throat> uh, I've, I've, I don't know what you think about Kamwa playing a lot, but I, I don't know. I'm kind of indifferent. I just feel like he needs to have more of an impact when he's out on the floor. I just don't feel like the minutes that he's getting are turning out to have some results behind him. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm mixed on him. I've I, I, I've said this before on here and, and just talking to people. I, we keep waiting for that guy to take the next step, um, develop a post game, a consistent post game, and kind of kind of become a, a a threat down low. But he has these games where he plays pretty well. I thought he played all right against Florida the other night. He um, oh god, twenty-one minutes, three for seven. Six points, four rebounds, and a turnover. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't outstanding. And his one turnover, like he just launched it out of bounds. Like, what are you doing? It, but, I mean, he's just – he's been inconsistent. He's made a little bit of a step this year as far as his game goes, but I don't think it's where Tennessee thought he would be or expects him to be at this point, which is why you're seeing Euros get more playing time, to be honest, even though he didn't play – much last night but that was a bad matchup for him but yeah i've been waiting and waiting for kamwa to for the light bulb to go off and it just doesn't seem like it's there yet and he had some nice plays you know he caught that fast break kind of caught himself laid it up he did a lot of damage in the second half especially later in the second half i think that's when he scored most of his points but yeah i just um He's got to be better. He's got to be more consistent. He's got to be a bigger threat on the glass for Tennessee. But he's just not doing enough of that right now. Um, I don't think it's just me, but um, usually we we have we cut down the amount of people that we're playing. But it was, still feels like we're playing ten guys a night. Yeah, um, we we're playing a lot more players than we usually do. Um, every basketball team this time of year will start trimming the bench just a little by little, especially when you get closer to March. Um, they right. still got some time to kind of piddle around with, with the roster. And I think he's still trying to figure some things out, like like what combinations work. I mean, he's playing a lot of different combinations, which is what you see a lot of in non-conference early season games. I, I feel like he's still doing – Rick Barnes is he. I feel like he's still doing a lot of that. Right. Uh, it's funny to me that uh, Victor Bailey get, finds a way on the court, and then as soon as he's in the game, chucking a three. Effort. Yeah. Send he, it. <laughs> I looked up, and I was like, is that Victor Bailey? He hadn't played in, like, two games. <laughs> he played a little against Vandy. 35-footer. Like, <laughs> You're like, away. my God, bro. And then, he, and then he gets to the free throw line, misses it. Our only miss of the night. Yeah, it was Victor Bailey. And then gets yanked out of there. I just don't understand why why you're playing a guy for two minutes. If you're not going to play a guy for five, like uh, for the whole game, why even play him? 
I well, mean, it's not even enough time to get warmed up. And that brings up a point, like, against Florida. Uh, for those that don't know, Tennessee beat Florida 78-71. It's the game we're talking about. Uh, it was the third win in a row for Tennessee in SEC play since losing to Kentucky a couple Saturdays ago. But Tennessee improved to 14-5, and 5-3 five, five and three in the conference. I think we're, like, fifth or sixth in the conference now. Um, but going back to your playing time thing, wasn't it a couple weeks ago they said they were going to give Brandon Huntley Hatfield more of a go, and he played quite a bit in the first half against Vandy, and then we hardly saw him against LSU, and he played four minutes against Florida. Just like, like is he going to play or not? So since Kentucky, he played 10 minutes at Kentucky, had 11 points. Uh, 13 minutes against Vandy, not a point. Uh, 14 minutes against LSU, two points. And Florida, he played four minutes, zero points. I just – and when he's out there, he just looks lost. I just don't think he's ready for this. I, I just don't – he's a year if, away. If he's as good offensively as what I've heard, I feel like you should be able to hide some of the defense because you have such great defense. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's just yeah. Co- that's that's coaching, right? <laughs> you you yes. you you hide the guy on defense when he can't play a lick, but you need points, so you play him. Yeah. I, I I don't understand. Uh, he's more talented offensively than Plasic. I mean, right? I thought so, but Euros I mean, has been scoring no some points. points. <laughs> Euros, but he didn't score so. last night either, did he? Well, he only played nine minutes too. So, well, Hatfield played four. Yeah, half so the time. They but he third. did score after the game. Let's get it. Yeah, let's fight after the game. I love it. That was what I was going to bring up too. So Tennessee wins the game, third win in a row. It's Tennessee, Florida. We hate Florida. They hate us. The feeling would be us here in a decade. Get out of our building trash. And <laughs> so apparently, according to reports, they're you know they're doing the sportsmanship bull crap that you have to do after every game. Good game, good game. See you guys in a couple weeks. Fu, whatever they say. Oh yeah. And the fu part must have came out because somebody apparently called Zakai Ziegler, who is outstanding. But he has been such a godsend for Tennessee. They apparently made fun of his height. And uh-huh. that did not set well with Tennessee. And they let Florida know about it, and it pissed Florida off. And as they're leaving the court, like the student section, whoever's left in Thompson Bowling is just chomping away. And then you look over at uh, Tennessee players, and there's Triple J, just huge gator chomps walking out. You love It was fantastic. That. I love it. That's what Tennessee and Florida is all about, whether it's – Football, baseball, basketball, uh, cornhole, which we won the national title a few weeks ago, whatever. Like you beat them, you give them the big DX chop. Yep. And tell them, I got two words for you, or do the gator chomp and go home and get out of my house. It's what makes college sports, college sports. It's not the same feel in the pros. It, it just makes it that much better. That was outstanding. Outstanding. Uh, Ziggler being short is not the only thing short with him. Uh, and the other thing would be his temper. Whoa. So, Whoa. 
Let's get it. I'm for where you were going with that one. Whoa, Nice. Whoa. I did not know where you were going. Ah, of me. <laughs> Close the wow. show. We're we done. We have to uh, change the rating of the in. show to X-rated. You know, one time I tried to put Scream. in. What's up? I tried to put in a title on this show for, uh, we had just beat South Carolina in football back in the fall. And the title <laughs> of the show was going to be Vols Beat Cox. <laughs> okay and the I, website I, would wipe out the title every time i put it in i tried, it, tried, on, I tried other... it on three different computers logging on to the website would not do it you should have evolved rail cocks i mean i tried uh... everything it wouldn't take the word cocks i put vols pound cocks vols beat cocks Balls decimate cocks. I mean, it was anything cocks would not work. You love to see it. That's hilarious. Unbelievable. That's way off topic here, but but yeah. Um, okay, back on back on story here. So as we diverge off to a path we don't want to go down. Um, Tennessee won their uh, third game in a row, five and three in the conference. So this weekend, Gavin, as I just spit everywhere on my computer um this is tennessee (laughs) tennessee is heading to austin texas rick barnes is going back home to the longhorn state um i need to look i think texas was favored like 50 something percent chance to win this game they're pretty even teams as far as you look at what's going on um you know standing wise kind of their the ebbs and flows of their season have been very similar 60 percent chance to win it's gone up yeah. for some reason i think i've seen they were favored by three i don't know where i've seen that yeah the last time i looked um it was like 53 or 55 percent according to espn's bpi that texas would win it's gone up um but they're 15 and five unranked now they fell out of the rankings tennessee's 14 and five i watched them play oklahoma state last weekend and it, oklahoma state's not great and they really struggled with them but we've struggled with teams too and we're ranked 18th so um the pollsters like tennessee the net rankings like tennessee i was just looking at those we're still hanging at 11 after the win last night, 14 and five, we've got three quad one wins. Um, LSU's at 10, Kentucky nine, Auburn six, other Tennessee opponents, Villanova at five, Arizona at two, still behind Gonzaga, Texas Tech at 15, and Texas comes in at 16. So a big matchup this weekend for Tennessee and Texas, a top 16 battle according to the net rankings. Purdue, or sorry, Texas is not ranked in the uh, polls, but a uh, big homecoming this weekend for Rick Barnes, Gavin. Mm-hmm. Uh, big game, uh, primetime slot. Uh, it's at 8 o'clock, is right? 8 o'clock. They put it last night on uh, on ESPN during the game at 6 o'clock, but it's an 8 o'clock tip-off. I think that's perfect. Uh, do you like the 6 o'clock tip-off? On Saturdays, I don't mind them. They're all right on Saturdays. Week, weekdays, you don't oh, like weekdays, 6 o'clock. No, I mean, I 
I obviously didn't go last night, but I got stuck at the office and I was pulling out of the office and they were tipping off. It was just six o'clock and I wasn't home. So I missed half of the first half. Well, I, it wasn't much. I mean, it I was a good much. half to miss. I didn't miss much. Uh, I, I would prefer a six than, than a nine, nine o'clock tip. Oh, definitely. I hate I mean, nine o'clock. My God. I feel like we have 12 more nine o'clock tip-offs. Those those old Super Tuesday, I don't know if they still call it that, on ESPN when they'd play at seven and nine, those were the worst. Those are the worst. It's so bad. What like are we just, doing? Well, and it's TV, but it is so like you get there at nine, the game takes two and a half hours, it's 1130 and you get home, it's past midnight. You're dragging around. It's like, God, what are we doing here? Can't we and play these games I, at I, six and eight? I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to the game. But I mean, I when I had tickets, I did, but it was God, it was so it was like you're sitting there in the second half, like I need like a shot of caffeine or some candy or something to stay awake. I, I feel like we play uh Kentucky at nine o'clock. What are we doing? That used to be the big thing back like when ESPN first started. You played that that nine o'clock game that was like the big one the seven o'clock game was like the the run-in now i'm but looking at it now like god what are we doing like what is anybody doing like those nine o'clock games should be for the uh, teams in the sec that are in the central time zone because they'll tip at eight o'clock they'll tip at eight o'clock local time uh missouri and vandy can play at nine I mean, yeah. Arkansas. I mean, yeah, they said Texas, Texas A&M, LSU. Yeah, they can all play at nine. Yeah, I don't they, know if Bama's in there or not, but yeah, might as well be. I don't care for them. I don't think um, all. Well, no, Auburn may be too. So yeah. So I say it all about Texas. Um, Rick Barnes, especially on social media, and by some of our listeners, Uh-oh. has been taking a lot of heat lately, and I just That's what I'm talking about. I don't get the the constant as Gavin has a light on his screen that is. I mean, look at that thing! It my light just fell over. It it is so bright. Like I'm now, I can't see. Um, But yeah, it's like they nitpick every. There's a segment of this fan base who is obsessed with Rick Barnes' salary and how many timeouts he takes during a game. And what he wears, and I wish they would look at and focus on what he's doing on the court. Tennessee's fourteen and five, and they're in prime position to make the S- the NCAA tournament again. Right now, they're a four seed according to Lenardi. They're uh, pursuing a top four spot, trying to get the top spot in the regular season is probably out of the question at this point, unless Auburn just tanks. But I mean, they're that's pers- a choke. Oh, yeah. They're pursuing a top four seed, which is going to put you in contention to get to Saturday, the SEC tournament. So, what is so wrong with that is my question to Tennessee fans who, I mean, after the Kentucky game, me and Day Dave all talked about this last week. I get it. It hurt. We didn't play well, especially on defense. Kentucky had just an outstanding once a season type effort. And we lost. And there were people on Twitter. You weren't on here this last week to hear this, but there were people on Twitter saying it's time to move on from Rick Barnes. He's not getting it done. And then we went three. And I said it last week. Do not panic. There's a lot of basketball left. 
And since I said that, we're, we've won three in a row. We're five and three in the conference. Is that where we want to be? Not yet, but there's still an opportunity. Everything Tennessee's playing for is still in front of them. And I don't get the, the hand-wringing of we've got to move on from Rick Barnes. Like, what is so wrong with being 14 and five and going to the NCAA tournament every year? What is so wrong with that? Uh, you just, it's just, um, you sound like Joe Biden stuttering around Gavin. Yeah. I, I just pulled up the, uh, SEC basketball standings as of, uh, today, Auburn, uh, is three games in front of us, Kentucky, uh, two games behind them, uh, Arkansas and us are three games back. Texas A&M and Mississippi State are three and a half games back. I think it would be really big if we can lock up that four. Oh, you um, got to be – I say that all along. Tennessee's goal, whether they win their regular season or not, you got to be in that top four for the SEC tournament because you don't want to have to play – let's see, that would be – they would have to play – win three games if they're the top four. You don't want to have to win four or five. Right. right now they would be in like the what fifth sixth spot so they would have to play on Thursday. Right. Yes, Thursday. Um I, I was pulling that up. Uh the thing you said about people like to bash Rick Barnes. Uh the thing is with uh Rick Barnes teams as of late, he's people are thinking that we're getting a lot of talent, we're getting all these stars, you know, the five stars, the really high four stars. And they're just not producing. And I think they directly relate that to he's not coaching good enough to get the best out of the players, which, I mean, uh, can be true, but it can also be on the player too. So I, I, I like to criticize, but I'm not a Barnes hater. Uh, I, I just think there should be some criticism as to – I feel like I'm surrounded by a lot of people who don't like to criticize because they think it's immediate hate. Um, no, I, I mean, I think I've been – I've been critical of some things Rick Barnes has done, but I don't, I don't understand. How can Tennessee as an athletics department, how can Danny White as an AD justify parting ways after this season with Rick Barnes? You can't. Uh, no, can't. I don't. I, I, I mean, he's, it, it's, it is what it is. Uh, I think Rick Barnes is a pretty good, he's going to be a hall of famer. So just kind of let him do his own thing. Um, maybe this year isn't the team that's going to take him the farthest or win all the games in March or win any games in March. Maybe, I don't know, but um, I just, I don't, I, I think you let this guy ride out. I, I just, no, I mean, he, he's got Tennessee basketball. This thing, I said this last week, where was Tennessee basketball when he came in? And it's, that's commendable what he's done. He's turned his program around. He's done it the right way. Now it's time for, for Tennessee to continue on that track and 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 make some strides in March, which he's not done yet. And I hope he can, and I think he can. But his track record says it's going to be an uphill climb. But he he's got the talent. He's he's a he's a fantastic basketball coach. I I don't I just don't that thought never crosses my mind about like we this guy needs to retire or this guy needs to move on. I now I think Rick Barnes is probably not that far off from Calm stepping place. away yeah. from retiring. He's been here 
This is year seven. I said if we could get 10 years out of him and he turns his program into what he's what he has turned it into, that would be fantastic. And it sets the table for if he transitions the right way, that can set the table for that next dynamic coach to come in and maybe make a next step that that Rick Barnes was wasn't able. I'm not saying he's not capable, but maybe he just wasn't able to get Tennessee there for whatever reason. They should have went three years ago, and they caught bad breaks against Purdue. Also, they didn't shoot free throws worth a dime. But they caught some bad breaks, too, and they just didn't go past the Sweet 16. But traditionally, Tennessee never goes that far. And so he has Tennessee traditionally maybe a little bit above where they normally are, but probably about where we should be. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't want more, and I do. I don't want anybody to take that, but I just don't get the – constant just rick barnes isn't the guy like why is he not the guy because they're saying their past coach at auburn have success well and that's a problem and people need to get i mean i love bruce pearl as much as anybody but he is not coming back and i'm i like watching his teams play he's a great coach i mean how many coaches take two different schools to number one rankings during a season not and, he's take, and he's taking auburn to a final four he couldn't do that here and he didn't do it here. Right. So if we're holding him to the same standard, then he's no better than Rick Barnes. Uh, I think while, he's while he was oh, while he was here. Okay. You know what I'm saying. I mean, okay. I mean, uh, we went to an Elite Eight, but he choked. They, his team choked. They should have went to the Final Four that year. Jerry a, Green had a team that should have went to the Elite Eight, and they choked against North Carolina. Conzo Martin like, had a team no. that should have went to the Elite Eight, and he choked. I never believed in Conzo. Um, if we're going to look at Bruce Pearl, I feel like we have to look at him, what he did here and at Auburn. And if we're going to look at Rick, then I feel like we need to look at what he did here and at Texas. And I feel like Bruce has had more success than Rick Barnes. They've been to the same amount of Final Fours. And uh, Pearl has coached 50 less years. 15. No, you're right. I mean, he's had a shorter coaching career. So, I'm just, it, it's just what people look at. They're like the younger guy. He's had more success. Uh, quote, he's had more success. He has the better looking product as of right now. Um, but, and he's, a, and he's a show. I mean, he's good with talking to people. I mean, so is charismatic. Rick. I mean, it, it's just, he, he does all the things that, our fans love so big big montana a lot is talking about top five salary top five results and he and day day vol actually got into a long and i was um at the carter game announcing the basketball games the other night so i didn't see all this going on until i got done but it was i had like 25 um alerts on twitter that all these messages were going back and forth between Day Day Vol, Big Montana. And the one tweet I saw from Big Montana said, top five salary, top five results. And I asked him what top five results were, and I never got a response. So I don't know if he didn't see it or didn't know what to say, but what is top five results? Is that going to the final four every year? Calipari doesn't do that. He's top five salary with with Barnes. I mean, he goes every now and then. Of course, Barnes hasn't been while he's here. Is Cal's um, last championship in like 2012? It was 11 or 12, something like that. It's been a while. It's been close to a decade. 
I mean, Coach K, when was the last time? I mean, they've been sporadically over the last few years, but I mean, I've seen them lose in the round of 32 and the round of 64. Um, let's see the uh, who else was up there um, in the top five. I can't remember who they were right off the top of my head, but yeah, what is top five results? Tom Izzo, probably. I mean, Tom Izzo, Jim Beheim, I mean, one of the best coaches ever. His team struggle to make the tournament anymore. They don't fire him. I think he's kind of outlived what he needs to be, which is probably why Coach K is getting out. I mean, uh, Tom Izzo, his teams are are good every year, but they've not really competed for Final Four's national titles the last few years. I mean, they're good. Right. But what what is top five results? That's – I mean, I think each I mean, program, if we want to get technical, it would be Elite Eight. Yeah. Well, and I, I said when he signed that contract after the 2019 season when – or the 2018-2019 season when UCLA was trying to get him and he ended up coming back, I said that year, I said it's – you know, he needs to recruit at a little bit higher level, which he's done, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and he needs to you – know, Tennessee needs to get to the Sweet 16 or at least compete to get there every year. Now, last year they didn't do it. Two years ago was COVID, so they didn't even have a tournament. So, you can't hold that one against him. I don't know if they would have been in or not. I don't think I don't they think would they have. No. They made a little bit of a run there at the end of the year, but I don't think they would have been in. But it um, – he needs to consistently – get to that sweet 16, I think, is kind of the limit. Now, if he – if Tennessee – I should say he. If Tennessee loses in the round of 64 or 32 this year, is that going to be a disappointment? In my eyes, it is. Because I think talent-wise, they can get to the second week weekend of the tournament. But as inconsistent as they play sometimes, especially on the offensive end, they could lose in the first round. <laughs> I mean, it's just – let's be honest. You get in rock fights, like, and they're going to – every game from here on out is going to be like every game we've seen leading up to this the last few weeks. They're going to play good defense. It's going to be a sloppy game. Tennessee's going to be sloppy. They're going to go on these streaks where they can't miss, and then they turn around for four minutes, and they can't throw it in the ocean, even a layup. But when you have a team like that, they could get hot in March and go to the Sweet 16 Elite Eight. They could also lose on Thursday – of the round of 64. Yeah. Uh, it's just with, with the uh, Grant Williams teams that we had and they were rolling, uh, we kind of played from the inside out and we just, we, it feels like we went further and further away from that. And now we're playing from the outside and hardly even look inside. If it's inside, then we got an offensive rebound. We're probably trying to go right back up with it. It's just, it's hard to depend on our offense and uh, we haven't exactly looked good. So I can understand why people are getting frustrated with Barnes um, because why would we not just continue to try to play the same type of ball that got us uh, the success that we got with Grant Williams, but you know, players leave and we didn't replace them. It's just what it is. And I've said this on this show, that's a knock against Rick Barnes he's not recruited the post position very well at all. He's gotten some big star type players in here, but they all, they either leave transfer. They don't pan out. Derek Walker. uh, Who's the guy that went to Winthrop? You know who I'm talking about. He's there Uh, right now. uh, I don't know his name. Big guy, big, I mean, big post player, big high, highly rated guy. He went to Winthrop. He's not done anything. 
I mean, there's been some guys not pan out here. Right. Tom was another one. I don't think he was that very highly rated, but Rick Barnes talked him up his freshman year. He was um, highly touted, and he's not really developed as quickly as we all thought, and he's got time to still do that. But Euros, remember the hashtag, free Euros? He's not done much. So it's it's been a, a lot of whiffs for He's been Rick surging Barnes. as of late, though. Yeah, uh, I mean, give him some credit. Uh, maybe not in the stat sheet or anything like that. He just brings a physicality that we kind of need that this team lacked. Um, this, this team is a uh, guard-oriented team, so that's you know they're going to shoot a lot from outside, and um, this is what it is at this point. I think Rick Barnes needs to do a better job recruiting post players and developing once they get here, which is why it's a little frustrating with uh, Brandon Hunley Hatfield because um, he was he was like a top six guy next year's class. He reclassified. He was still number 31 in this class. And you don't ever see him out on the court. And when he's out there, he's lost and doesn't really fit in on this team right now. So hopefully he's using this year to develop and get ready for next year. But uh, there's been a lot of whiffs in that department. That's, that's for sure with this coaching staff. And I think a lot of it is uh, people stargaze too much. And if you just bring in somebody that's, I mean, uh, decent with their skills and you just develop them into the role that you want them to play, I feel like that's a that's a better exchange. Yeah. Because uh, Hatfield, it looks like Hatfield's not going to be able to get the chance to play because he can't play defense. Yeah. No, then he's, why, uh, even come, why even have him come in? You know what I mean? Like – I yeah, know. I don't know if they brought if he came in because he felt like he wasn't going to get any better where he was at in high school, and he could come in and and work with Division One top players and coaching staff and and grow his game that way. I mean, it's basically like a almost like a redshirt season, but he's playing. Um, I don't know. He's got NBA body, NBA looking game. We just haven't seen it yet from what I've read, but hopefully it comes around. But a uh, big game this weekend for Tennessee at Texas. Rick Barnes going back to Austin for the first time. Um, good to get out of conference play for a weekend. And, I mean, if this is a re- – a lot of games this weekend are resume games. I mean, this loss won't hurt Tennessee, um, but it'd be nice to win it to put on your resume, that's for sure. Tennessee's got three wins against, at the time, AP top 25 teams. Now, one of them's not in the AP top 25 anymore in North Carolina, but they beat Arizona and LSU. And the win last night against Florida wasn't terrible. They're not great. They were in Lenardi's last four out, I think, coming or last four in coming into uh, Wednesday night's game. So, um, Tennessee's not had any bad losses. That's another thing to look at. Yeah, they've not looked pretty. Like, the Texas Tech game was ugly. The Kentucky game was ugly. But we've beat everybody we're supposed to. We've not lost to anybody we weren't supposed to yet. So, that's, you know, that's uh, a Texas Tech? Well, I mean, that's true. But look where they're at now. They're 13th in the country. Yeah. So, that's, that's not a bad loss, though. It, it, I just – it's the first game I thought – I thought we were – favored to win oh we were favored we were favored Uh, but looking back on it now i mean you could say that 
we did lose a game we were supposed to, but we've not lost to like a Missouri, which knock on wood, hopefully we don't. Like a Missouri, a Georgia, an Ole Miss, you know, one of those top teams is what I guess I'm trying to say because you lose to those teams, that's what hurts. And Tennessee's not done that yet. I think that's why they're still so highly rated in some of these metrics that that they've got out. But uh, we'll see. Uh, You think the Vols go to Texas and win this weekend or not, Gavin? Uh, if we do, we'll probably score 60 and they will score 59. <laughs> uh, not a very high scoring game. I don't know if you've looked into Texas at all, but I they struggle not. exactly like us. They went, they had a stretch the other day. I don't know who they were playing. They went on a drought for like 14 minutes without a point. Um, it's awful. Tennessee uh, let Tennessee let Florida go on a 15 0 run the other night. I and mean, then, and then Tennessee turns around and goes on a thirteen to two run. <laughs> uh, I just think the biggest thing uh, in this up to this point in the season is uh, we haven't lost any games at home, undefeated at home. No, no you're um, right. Only three other teams in the conference, uh, us included, Auburn and Kentucky. Uh, that's the three teams that haven't lost at home, and they're we're one, two, and four uh, in the ratings. So yeah. I think that's huge. Uh, Thompson Bowling's been Thompson Bowling's a tough. I've I've said this before. It you know we everybody used to make fun of it because of the black curtains and it was empty, but mm-hmm. it's like when it's like last night it got pretty loud there at some points. It's a tough place to play, especially when Tennessee has twenty one thousand people in there. I mean, it just it, it is. It's a tough place to play. And we've had some long winning streaks before. Um, I was looking for uh, when was the last game played in Stokely? That would be in the like '87 or '88 season, something like that. Oh, okay, so it's been a long time. Maybe like '86, '87. So it's been a while. I mean, I think Thompson Bowling opened in '87, so it's probably like that '80. 687 season something like that i don't know how did we make a big jump in uh 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 seats oh I yeah feel like it's, it's just been getting more and more rowdy uh in thompson bowling compared to uh, uh stokely well stokely if you go back and look at pictures it's a lot smaller but it was always especially like when ernie and bernie played i don't know what it was like in the 80s but it was like I think twelve thousand seat arena, um, and I can look it up real quick. But I'm pretty sure it was like a uh, twelve thousand, fourteen thousand uh, seat arena. Um, Thompson Bowling when they first built it was twenty five thousand, so it's like they doubled right. uh, the capacity. So um, looking up here on Wikipedia, okay. you, know, you can get anything on Wikipedia, Michael Scott. Um, <laughs> This is a lie. It says it was demolished in 2014. That's not true. Um, Stokely Athletic Center, capacity of 12,700. I actually went in there one time um, when they said they were going to close it. I went in there and took, I stood at half court because they still had like where the court would have been. And I took a bunch of pictures. That place was so cool looking to me. It was just kind of odd the way it was set up. They had Mm -hmm. the bleachers pushed in on both sides. But in the ends or behind the baskets, it was like these little decks. I just think it would be so cool to see arenas like that today. They build them more like, you know, Thompson Bowling is more like an NBA type 
arena. But uh, I know my dad was in college there when um, that basketball program was rocking and uh, you would go to games like John Ward would be sitting up in the rafters on this uh, scaffolding thing announcing the game. (laughs) That sounds so great. It but makes me it, wish that we didn't tear it down to maybe have like an old school throwback night and yeah. just go back and like relit, you know, it just sounds amazing. Um, but I've, I was always, I've always been curious about that. Well, and uh, if you want to really see, so this game doesn't even, and I just read this here and I'd forgotten about it. There's a game that Tennessee didn't even play in. It's probably, one of the biggest games that's ever been played at Stokely Athletic Center, and it was Louisville versus Kentucky. And it's one of – Louisville beat Kentucky. It was March 26, 1983. Um, man, I wasn't even born yet. Kentucky loses to Louisville 80-68 to 68 in overtime. It was the first game between the two schools since the 1959 NCAA tournament. So just imagine that. These two rivals who hate each other haven't played – since 1959, and they're playing for the first time in a sweet – I think it was a sweet 16 game. Um, I'm trying to look and see where they were in the brackets that year. But, anyways, they called it the dream game, Kentucky and Louisville in Stokely Athletic Center, and that was cool. Um, it says here the 86-87 season was the last season it was open. And um, – I don't know. I never – I remember when I was younger, they used to have card shows in the concourse. And one time my dad and my uncle took me to the uh, to the card show, and I kept looking out, and I was like, I want to see the arena. I was young. I was like six, seven years old, maybe younger than that. And they took me out there, and I got to walk around. They had the court out there in the arena. It, they may have still been playing there at that time. I don't know. But I got to walk out there, and I thought it was so cool. I was standing at half court of Tennessee's basketball arena. Yeah. Um, it was really cool. I, I never got to see a game there. I got to play there in some basketball camps. There in the um, Alumni Memorial Gymnasium. Mm. That's now an auditorium. But uh, The outline yeah. of the state. Oh, it yeah. Just, oh, that's – they need to bring that back, which they did have it at Thompson Bowling at one point. But uh, that would be nice to have back. But – Maybe we can have a show about Stokely sometime. Uh, I would. I think I would really enjoy it. And I think it would uh, give everybody a blast to the past. It's just be... it. It kills me sometimes that you don't see more video. You see video of games being played there, but it's so dark and you can't see right. it. The pictures aren't great. You can go online and look at pictures of Stokely and find some good ones, but they're just not great. Like you just can't get a sense of what it's like. Of course, I never saw a game in there, so it's kind of hard. But um, yeah, and us being us having some basketball tradition without having success in March, I think it is a really neat thing. Right, right. So um, I think it would be awesome to have a blast to the past. Right. I don't know who we would have on to discuss that since it's way before my time. But um, I'll, have to, I'll have to think about that. But we'll we can have that on maybe sometime when we're looking for something to talk about in the summer especially off um, maybe do you hear quickly going through some other things tennessee related ut football recruiting had some re- sorry ut football had some recruiting violations did you see this gavin oh i did um apparently uh, some prospective recruits were walking along a path of current players during the vol walk it's a minor recruiting violation and these were self-reported 
Well, let's see. The other two violations were uh, a recruit dribbled a basketball on the court at Thompson Bowling Arena when the university's assistant director of Olympic sports performance violated NCAA rules by publicizing voluntary workouts by student athletes on social media last summer. According to NCAA rules, recruits are not allowed to participate in pregame activities involving current players associated with fans, but due to congestion near Neyland Stadium, the prospective student athletes participated in the vol walk instead of taking an alternate route to the game. <laughs> so they just walked to the game and we got a recruiting violation. Who knew? Shocker. Shocking. Um, so nothing will happen with that. They'll get a slap on the – they'll have to go watch some videos and um, the recruits will have to watch some videos when they come in, if they even come at all. So just that's just the so NCAA dumb. for you. Pathetic. So dumb. Absolutely pathetic. Lady Vols ranked number four in the latest polls. And while we were chatting just a few minutes ago, Gavin, I pulled it up on my phone to look up some info, and now it's vanished. Um, the Lady Vols were losing to Auburn. It's vanished quicker than my uh, uh, listening Now they're down, they're down three. This is in the fourth quarter. This would be a huge upset. Tennessee's 18-1. and one. Auburn's 8-10. and 10. So Lady Vols got some work to do tonight. But right now they're ranked fourth in the country, 18-1, and one, undefeated in SEC play. So um, they still haven't played South Carolina, so that'll be a big game later on in the season. So I know not many people that listen to the show. We don't have many listeners anyways, but the ones that do listen probably don't watch the Lady Vols. That's, uh, that's, that's factual information. Men's tennis team is still number one in the country, Gavin. Um, they beat Wake Forest, who's 10th in the country this past week. So they're uh, still marching on. <laughs> hey, Man, the people are skipping right to the end to hear the Biden bit. Okay, let's <laughs> keep on. Tennis, men's tennis number one. How about them Titans, Gavin? Tighten up. Tighten up my ass. <laughs> they blew it. Ryan Tannehill blew it. I'm mad. I'm madder than heck. Um, Did JG and, sneak on a jersey and go out there and play for the Titans? What Some of those was picks he, were awful. What was he doing? I don't know. Golly. As I was talking to uh, someone the other night, and they said uh, Ryan Tannehill looked like he was brain dead out on the field. I mean, what were th those picks were some of the worst interceptions. And it made it even worse where there's, since, there's video of Cincinnati players on the sideline saying, like, they're calling a shot, like, He's going to try to throw it to this guy in this situation. And then they go out and he does it and they pick him off. Yeah. He lost. I'm, and I, this is an unpopular opinion with some Titans fans. And I like Ryan Tannehill. I think he's brought a different element to this team and taken the Titans to a level where they can go to the playoffs every year, win the AFC South. But if they want to go to the Super Bowl and win it, and they have the talent across the board to do it on both sides of the football, they're not going to do it with him. I'm sorry. That's he, a fact. This, this is two years in a row fact. that he's played like this. In uh -huh. playoff games, he's not good. And 
I'm I'm ready to move on. I don't know what the answer is, how you get rid of them. They're not going to. But it's time to move on from – if they want to win the Super Bowl, they will not do it with Ryan Tannehill. And I hope he proves me wrong in the next he couple of years. Because he'll, prove, that, he'll prove you right. That window is closing. Uh, yeah. Um, um, Derek I mean, Henry's only got a couple, three good years, two to three good years left. Um, A.J. Brown's in the prime, but Julio Jones is on the downslide. Um, I think they need to draft another receiver, but their offensive line is right there. Their defensive line's great. They've got all the tools. They got I like Vrabel as head coach. But what was the offensive coordinator doing running RPOs on third and one with Ryan Tannehill? Give it to Henry. Henry. My God. Um, of the eight teams that are left, uh, I would rather have almost every other quarterback than Ryan Tannehill. Burrow. Uh, Rodgers, Stafford, Brady, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Garoppolo. I would probably not take Garoppolo over Tannehill. No, I would. I'd take um, Tannehill over Garoppolo. So he's seventh of the eight teams left. So, I had this discussion with um, our NASCAR analyst, Bookie88, Josh Walker. Um, uh, this was actually a few weeks ago. He kept calling Ryan Tannehill a top-five quarterback, and his justification was the stats say that he's a top-five quarterback. And some of the stats that you look at, he is. He's had great numbers while he's here. But it kind of made me think of all those stats they used to put up of J.G., while he Facts. was at UT. The analytics. We didn't win. We didn't the, win. The analytics will try to deceive you in every way, every I, way possible. I could name I, – I had him in, in the top ten, but I said he's not top five. I would put, um, obviously, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, uh, Justin Herbert up there in the top five, um, Patrick Mahomes, top five, and um, – uh, shoot, Joe Burrow. I'd have those guys as my top five. And you could really go – you could probably say, I think the jury's still out on Kyler Murray a little bit while he had a good year. But, um, you know, it's – I don't think he's top five. And it this playoff game last week proved it. And their offensive coordinator too. Um, Tyler Hooper, who we met in Nashville a few weeks ago for the bowl game, big Titans fan, and he sent me a message after the game. The Titans deserve better than Tannehill and Downey, who's the offensive coordinator. Time for both of them to move on. And Good I luck. To, I Good tend luck. to agree with him. Tannehill a place to go. Good luck. Who, who goes to the uh, Super Bowl this weekend, Gavin? Who wins the conference title games? Who do you, who do you got? Uh, I really want the Rams to go. Is that weird? I want Stafford. No. I want Stafford to go, uh, and probably the Chiefs. I don't want the Chiefs. I want Bengals and Rams, but I That'd feel like a... it's more likely for the Niners and Chiefs to go. Oh gosh, <laughs> the, Joe, the Joe Montana Bowl. Yeah, Juwan Jennings. I'd like uh, to see the. Uh, I think I think the Rams and Chiefs win win this weekend. Rams and Chiefs. I, I like it. I like the Rams. Yeah. Uh, I hope the Rams win it. 
Um, and the Rams and the Rams play at home back to back. We've never had a team play in their home stadium for the Super Bowl. And we could have it two years in a row after not having it for 53 Super Bowls. Crazy. I, I really just want Matt, Matthew Stafford to win one finally. After getting out of Detroit, playing with a broken uh, body and just yeah. trying to win games. It's just so great. Yeah. He's uh, He's been in it for the long haul, but – We'll see who moves on this weekend. Should be there's some great football last weekend. Bills Chiefs, one of the best games you'll ever see. I, um, I've always thought that Arizona Pittsburgh Super Bowl a few years ago uh, down in Tampa was fantastic. This was right up there with it, probably better. But uh, should be a good weekend of football again. We only got two weekends left, and then there's no football until August. So enjoy it while you can, guys. I think I think we already seen the greatest. Those those four games were probably the greatest. Yeah, that was probably one, was, it. Was one of the great greater football weekends for was, sure. I mean, three of the four games were decided by a last second field goal. I mean, it was, and then the last the other one was decided by a walk off touchdown. So it was it was a good entertainment. That's for sure. I just hated that the Titans lost. I was not happy Saturday night, but then the Vols won against LSU, so that took it off. Took the sting off just a little bit, but we'll see this weekend who moves on to the Super Bowl in L.A. All right, Gavin, it's everyone's favorite time of the show. If you skipped ahead, welcome. You missed me and Gavin talking about Tennessee basketball, Rick Barnes, Stokely Athletic Center, Tennessee men's tennis, Lady Vols, UT football recruiting violations, all that stuff. So go back and listen. But if you skipped ahead to listen to this, best part of the show it's it's something that we're probably going to do every week because it's going to happen every week we've got nice. another biden gaff mm -hmm. and um so here's clip number one this is him the other day fox's peter Ducey, who's the white house correspondent asked him a question about inflation and i believe he asked him if it was a political liability or an asset, and here was his response. That's a great asset. More inflation. What a stupid son of a bitch. So, uh, Gavin, um, if I remember correctly, on the campaign trail or right after he was elected, Joe Biden said, well, actually, I have the clip. Here's Joe Biden telling everybody what he would do if someone treated someone with disrespect. But I'm not joking when I say this. If you're ever working with me and I hear you treat another colleague with disrespect, talk down to someone, I promise you I will fire you on the spot. Huh. Interesting. So it's been multiple times over the last several weeks that he's called reporters stupid or kind of scoffed at him, but then he calls uh, Peter Ducey a son of a bitch. So where's the outrage? Why is he not firing himself? That's such a mess. So here's we're another. Screwed. So we're we're so screwed, and it's terrible. Here's another one, Gavin. Let me pull it up here. This is a clip from. 
I believe it was earlier today. Listen to old stuttering Joe in these clips. But uh, um, I might point out, you're, uh, when I went to Dearborn driving that, uh, you know, uh, was up there. I don't know, man. It's, it, uh, I think the press thought I was crazy. I enjoyed so much going up and uh, your new EV factory and, uh, and that, uh, that Hummer. What? What was that? What did I just... This guy is the leader of the free world? Are you kidding me? A 81 million people voted for this guy? Are you kidding me? Hey, at least... It sounds least... like us talking on a podcast. We got 10 <laughs> listeners, not 81 million votes. What are we doing? Oh, I just man. don't get it. I mean, like, God. no wonder is I mean, golly, golly. I sometimes I feel bad for him because I know they're trotting him out there. He's an old geriatric man, probably doesn't know where he's at three quarters of the time. I really do feel bad for him. <sighs> but it's his own fault. He didn't have to accept it. But eighty-one million votes, right? Yep, that's what they keep telling us. I said last week, and I will say it all the time. Rigged elections have consequences, and we're seeing it. Yeah. Economy sucks. Inflation, Inflation is good. Inflation's great. It's great. It's good for it. all of us. We just gotta we just gonna have to suck it up and spend more, Gavin. Yeah. And go get your shots while you're at it. Go get poked. Go get jabbed. All right, Gavin. Uh, Tennessee basketball back at it this weekend. We'll be back next week to talk about it. Um, Gavin says Tennessee will win 60 to 59. Mm -hmm. We're going to hold you to it. Sounds great. <laughs> and uh, if Triple J is the leading scorer, uh, you won't hear me on the, on the, on the program. Cause that, I don't, I don't oh, you, think you'll I can be back. You, I don't you think will... I can. Well, I'm run, you have to come story. back. I'm it's running probably going to be Viscovi. You uh, have to come back. I'm running out of guest hosts. I've already fired Day Day Vol because of low ratings. Low ratings. We were who was worse last week, CNN or the Section YY8 podcast ratings wise, or Titans uh, offensive coordinator, or Titans. We'll put that poll up. Who who <laughs> was worse God. last week? Come on, guys. Listen to the show. What's wrong? Why, why can't we get – I thought we would take off by now, and we're actually plummeting in ratings. You hate to see it. We're falling apart at the scene. We'll keep working and working like heck, as Coach Fulmer used to say. Yeah, that, that worked. That How many of those well. uh, ham and goody cookies – so last night during the game, um, Tom Hart and Jimmy Dykes were eating those cookies – and they said they were down from 12 to 3. How many of those do you think Fulmer swiped as he walked by? My God, bud. They, they could have – I mean, no way that he was going to be able to stop himself at only having nine – I mean, seven. They both had two. They both had one. And so he could have took seven. I don't think he could stop. I think he's eaten a good dozen by himself. What, what do you think he goes to, like, Krispy Kreme? You think he gets two dozen, eats a dozen on the way home? Well, I do that, so <laughs> I know he does. <laughs> I can't imagine. Go in there and get a, a an original glazed hot dozen, and you can eat about half a dozen before you get to Straw Plains or Mascot. 
My God, I think I would barf. So before before we go, I just got a text from my uncle, big Vols fan, and his stepdaughter, my cousin, goes to Auburn, and he writes this: Auburn women's basketball, eight and ten, zero and seven in the conference, is about to beat the Lady Vols. What is it about Auburn sports now that your cousin goes there? Ends the quote with the word Jesus. <laughs> it is like we we literally have not beat Auburn at anything since that girl has gone to school there, and it's starting to piss me off. I'm madder than heck, Gavin. I'm working like heck. I God, I'm going to go down me. there next fall and I'm going to burn that damn tree to the ground. Those other trees they throw out. And then call, call Fine Bomb. Tell him you did it. And I'll call into the Fine Bomb show. Paul, it was me. <laughs> you know what I did? You know what I did? <laughs> I poisoned the trees. I pissed on that My tree and God. I burned it to the ground. <laughs> Rest in peace, Harvey Updock, by the way. He's moved mm-hmm. on. <laughs> All right. That's this week's show. Remember to find us on Twitter at Section YY, at, on Facebook, same call, handle, whatever you call it. You can listen to us anytime, anywhere. Podbean.com, Podbean app, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Listen Notes. Um, Podbean.com has new features about how to help you with your website, Gavin. So I updated our website. Okay. So it's got a page. It's got a bio for you and me. My God. It's got a page where you can go back and listen to any of our podcasts. And it's got a little about us section down in the corner. So you can learn more about the section Y8 podcast. Podbean? So Podbean.com. It's uh, section YY8.podbean.com. Beautiful. I'm going to look now, up my bio. I wrote a good little piece about you. If you want to change it, you can let me know. If it doesn't say something about hating Philip Fulmer, I'm I'm uh it, no, not say that, but it does have some Kentucky stuff in there. There we go. <laughs> My two enemies. All right. Appreciate everybody listening. Big weekend of sports ahead. NFL Vols in Texas. Rick Barnes goes back to Texas. He's not going back home. His home is here or Hickory, North Carolina, wherever he's at. So uh big weekend for the Vols. We'll see if they can improve to 15-5 and five and help the SEC win the SEC Big 12 Challenge for the second year in a row. But uh, appreciate everybody listening, all 19 of you. And uh, Woo! we'll see you guys next week with more Biden gaffes. I'm sure they'll happen probably tomorrow or while you're listening to this. But we'll be back next week. You've been listening to the Section YY8 podcast. I was dancing with my darling. To the Tennessee Walls When old friend I happened to see I introduced him To my little one And while they were dancing My friend stole my sweet I remember that night in the Tennessee walls. Only you know how much I had lost.
Guess I lost my mind and it The night they were playing The beauty of the See you 